Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. This morning, uh, my sermon title is, What? Me Worry? Giving Thanks in Hard Times. So, if you're of a certain age, you may get that reference. What? Me worry? I'm grateful to be bringing you this word this morning, and my scripture lesson this morning is from Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 31. So listen this morning for the word of God contained in this holy scripture. Jesus then said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. There is more to life than food and more to the body than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither plant nor harvest. They have no silo or barn, yet God feeds them. You are worth so much more than birds. Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? If you can't do such a small thing, why worry about the rest? Notice how the lilies grow. They don't wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow is thrown into a furnace, how much more will God do for you? People of weak faith, don't chase after what you will eat or what you will drink. Stop worrying. All the nations of the world long for these things. Your Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire His kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. I would really appreciate it if you all would join me for a short moment of prayer. Holy God, we're grateful to share and worship this morning. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So at first blush, when you read this passage, Jesus sounds a little like a flower child or a hippie. Hey, don't worry, man. Be happy. We may see this teaching as encouraging laziness and lack of concern for worldly things. God will provide. I don't need to do anything. N.T. Wright observed that this sounds like Jesus is encouraging a kind of romantic nature mysticism. But Christ's words here are not addressed to the lazy, but to those who worry too much and those who are tempted to get caught up in the world of gaining possessions and those may be consumed by greed. Christ is urging us to trust in God and to get our priorities right, to put our trust in the love of God as God's precious children. So let me add a short caution here. I'm not really talking about a mental health issue that might cause panic attacks or obsessive compulsive disorders. I know a lot of us are suffering from depression and anxiety. And professional help, I believe, is an answer from God. It's a blessing from God. I'm not talking about that. I think Christ is talking about that anxiety that has preoccupied with what might or might not happen. In most cases, might not happen. So things that make us fret and stew and lay awake at night. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about there. Let me unpack uh, some of the analogies that Christ is using in this passage. First, Christ says God feeds even the carefree and common birds. So this raven analogy becomes more powerful when we see it in the context of all of chapter 12 because 
Christ has just told the parable of the rich fool. The fool who has a big bumper crop and says, hey, I'm just going to tear down my barns and have bigger barns and I will live my ease for the rest of my life. Now Christ then singles out the ravens for consideration. They don't sow or reap and they don't have a grain storeroom and yet God feeds the birds of the air. And then Jesus reminds his disciples that they are so much greater value than the birds. This is an argument from a lesser to a greater If God feeds even these unclean birds, how much more will God provide what is necessary for us, the children of God? The flowers that Christ refers to as the lilies of the field are also a common wildflower that grows in that area. And they were often collected and burned for fuel, for firewood. Wood in that area was very precious, so you didn't burn wood, but you would burn these flowers in the stalks. So, Christ is saying, if God clothes these common flowers resplendently, then how much more will God provide for what is necessary for us, the children of God? Now, we could be tempted to say, "Uh, Jesus, that is a great idea for back then, but you don't know my life. You know, we are really busy here, and my boss is a slave driver, and I've I've got a promotion to worry about. We're thinking about our own situation here. But, but Christ, look at what Christ is asking his disciples to do. He says, don't worry about what you will wear or what you will eat. And if you think about that time, these concerns about clothing and about food were central to the disciples who were listening and to anybody who would hear that message that day. They spent a lot of time working for food and clothing. I think what Christ is trying to convey to his disciples, and by extension to all of us, is don't succumb to excessive worry. And don't put your focus only on the worldly things, just on the acquisition of things. But rather, put your trust in God and God's great love for you. And I believe Christ is telling us to put trust in the fact that God wants us to be happy and seek God's presence in our lives, and God will add all those things that make a happy life. Jesus is saying, it's God's good pleasure to give to you. I know that we all worry too much, me included. At times it feels like the world is on fire. All you need to do is watch the evening news or open a news feed on your phone or computer, and we see wars and natural disasters and climate change. I heard something this morning that kind of made me think about it. I, I had to stop my truck and, and write this down on the way. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but Elon Musk sent up a big spaceship called the Starship, and it blew up about oh, 20 minutes before it was supposed to, I think. So here's the press person talking about it, and she says, yes, we had a sudden unscheduled disassembly in the air. <laughs> I said, man, that kind of sounds like my life sometimes, a sudden... <laughs> unscheduled disassembly. I don't know what Elon is paying her, but he needs to pay her more, I think. That's that's really brilliant. So one thing I would suggest to us as an anecdote to excessive worry is to cultivate a sense of thankfulness or gratefulness. Each day of our lives is a gift, and sometimes we forget that, and I want us to really lean into that and be thankful for that miracle every day. I'm going to tell you a story on myself about a time when the Holy Spirit really gave me a direct message. And that doesn't happen too often in my life. So I really have it in my memory banks. Normally what happens to me is 
I'm praying for something, and then I forget that I prayed for it, and something happens, and then the Holy Spirit says, hey, that was me. I was, you know, in a, in a kind of a still, small voice. I go, oh, praise God. I, 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 uh, I'm too busy, I guess, at the moment to hear that. But this time, I was at a really low point in my life. I was unemployed at the time, and I was scrambling for money with odd jobs. And my marriage of 20 years had fallen apart, and I was despondent. I was angry. I couldn't imagine how will I set my world back to right. I just moved back to Arkansas, and I was living in Van Buren. And it was early in December, and it had snowed overnight. So even though it was a weekday, both my children were at home with me. I was a single dad at that time. School was canceled. They were there. And they were happy. They were in the other room enjoying themselves. But I was despondent. And having both the children there, I was so grateful for that because that's what kept me from just curling up in a fetal position and giving up because I had to kind of keep things together for them. But on this particular morning, I was really down and angry. and um, My phone rang, and I answered it, and this chipper voice said, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? And in my grumpiest voice, I said, I'm working on the Wheeler family Christmas letter. Do you want to add anything? Well, that kind of ended the conversation right there. <laughs> this person who'd called me to cheer me up thought, ah, maybe another moment. I'll call him a later time. But after I hung up, I started wondering, what would I write in a Christmas letter? Now, I have never written a holiday letter or a Christmas letter. But I was thinking, how would I explain my life circumstances? How would I make sense of my life and the unraveling I'd experienced? So I pulled out my computer, and I started to write a holiday letter, and I thought, well, I'm going to start with the good things. What things are going well, and then I'll add all the unraveling at the end. And I wrote a page and a half of the good things, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have a lot to be thankful for, even though I'm in a low rut here. And I didn't feel like including the bad things. The negative events then had lost a lot of their power. And right at that moment, the Holy Spirit said, I am with you. There's going to be more bad days, and there were more bad days. But I had the assurance of the Spirit that God was with me. And that letter became kind of a monument in my life. I held on to that message from the Holy Spirit like a life preserver. And there were still difficult days. But God was with me, and I had the assurance that I would come through, that I would be happy and strong again. So my first suggestion to all of us, and this is not something you don't know, I'm, I'll just remind you of it, is remember to cultivate a habit of gratitude. It may be an old saying, but I believe it's still true. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. So my second idea to help keep us focused on the kingdom of God is to reach out to someone and to be the hands and feet of Christ. Now, I believe part of God's plan of provision, you know, Jesus is saying, God will provide, but part of that plan of provision is to use us as agents of this provision, to use us as the hands and feet of Christ. So many years ago now, I moved to Bentonville to fill a teaching position at Bentonville High School, and this was my first full-time job out of university study. That was a long time ago, you all. And as you may know, when you start a new position, they usually hold your first check, so I was not going to get paid for a month, and I was kind of, I didn't have a lot of financial cushion by the time I set up an apartment and paid all the utilities to get started and all that. So I found myself with two weeks to go before payday, 
and I had $20 to my name, and my refrigerator and cabinets were empty. Now, this was a Saturday, as I remember, and I was sitting trying to decide what food items can I buy with this $20 that I can stand to eat for the next two weeks until I get my first paycheck. And I decided that I would buy a big package of bologna and a loaf of bread. I was a lot younger then. <laughs> and I thought, I can eat a bologna sandwich for breakfast and a bologna sandwich for dinner until I get paid. Now, smartly, I had bought a meal ticket to the cafeteria. I knew I wasn't going to, you know, expire. I was going to get those good rolls and that good pizza on Friday. So having decided what I could stand to eat for two weeks, I drove over to this Harps over here off the square, and I bought the largest pack of bologna I could find and a loaf of bread. However, when I got back to my house, my apartment at that time, with my package of bologna and my bread, the mail had run, and I checked the mailbox, and I had a card in it from my grandmother. This was my maternal grandmother, my grandma Hoggard, and she included in her card a check for $200. Praise God. <laughs> so I sat right down and wrote her a thank you for saving me from so much bologna. <laughs> Now, my grandmother was a deeply spiritual woman, and I thought uh, then, and I still believe that God used my grandmother to save me from two weeks of bologna sandwiches. I believe that God used my grandmother as an agent of provision, and I was deeply grateful. So in closing, as we go into this holiday week, no matter what you're going through, let's lean into a grateful spirit. And let's look for ways to be the hands and feet of Christ, like my grandmother was for me. Most importantly, remember that God is with you and you are a precious child of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.